Welcome to Nightfall Narratives, the podcast that goes where shadows and stories intersect to explore the eerie and enigmatic. Join us as we journey into the heart of the unknown, immersing ourselves in tales of suspense and terror. In each episode, we'll either read a spine-tingling tale, or we'll take a closer look at the art of writing, unraveling the mysteries of storycraft that make such tales so eerily effective. So, sit back, relax, and feel the embrace of the mysterious as we embark on this journey into the heart of the night. Welcome back to Nightfall Narratives with me, your Nightfall narrator, R. Douglas Patton. In today's episode, we'll be exploring the archetype of the persona, a concept from Jungian psychology and its significance in storytelling, as well as how it presents itself in Count Magnus by M. R. James. First, let's go ahead and start with a definition of the persona. In Jungian psychology, the persona represents the social mask or facade that we present to the world. It is the way we want to be seen by others and the image we want to project to the outside world. It is a part of our psyche that is concerned with our public image, reputation, and the impression we make on others. So now let's look at how the persona manifests itself in Count Magnus. One of the most obvious examples is Mr. Raxall himself, the English traveler who becomes obsessed with the history of the nobleman Count Magnus de Lagardie. As a traveler in a foreign country, Mr. Raxall is aware of the impression he is making on the people he meets. He is careful to present himself in a way that is polite, respectful, and in line with his desired image of himself. He wants to be seen as a well-mannered and curious traveler, rather than someone who is impolite or intrusive. This is an example of how the persona archetype is at play in Mr. Raxall's behavior. Second, we can see the persona archetype in the character of Count Magnus himself. He is described as a nobleman who is very concerned with his public image and reputation. He wants to be seen as a powerful and influential figure, and goes to great lengths to protect his reputation and ensure that others see him in a positive light. For example, he orders his servants to keep the gates of his estate locked at all times, so that no one can enter without his permission. This is an example of how the persona archetype is at play in Count Magnus's behavior. Finally, there is the idea of the past, and how it shapes our perceptions of ourselves and others. The Count's past is shrouded in mystery and darkness, and as Mr. Raxall delves deeper into it, he begins to uncover the truth about the nobleman's unsavory past. This highlights how our personal histories and the stories we tell about ourselves can be a part of our public image or persona. The story shows how the Count's past actions continue to haunt him in the present and how his attempts to hide his past only make it more powerful. In conclusion, Count Magnus by M. R. James provides a fascinating exploration of the persona archetype and how it manifests in different ways throughout the story. From Mr. Raxall's careful presentation of himself as a traveler, to the Count's obsession with his public image and reputation, to the way that the past shapes our perceptions of ourselves and others, the story is rich with examples of the persona archetype at play. So now let's dive a bit deeper and take a closer look at the union archetype of the persona, 
including its essential psychological function and the dangers of the persona. According to Jungian psychology, the persona represents the social mask and the facade that we present to the world. It's the way we want to be seen and the image we want to project to the outside world. It's a part of our psyche that is concerned with our public image, reputation, and the impression that we make on others. The persona is ultimately an essential part of our personality because it allows us to interact with others in a socially acceptable way. It helps us to navigate social situations and build relationships and communicate effectively with others. The persona is also a way of protecting our inner selves from the outside world. We all have aspects of ourselves that we don't necessarily want to share with others, either because they are too personal or because we fear they will be rejected or judged. The persona allows us to keep these parts of ourselves hidden and present a more socially acceptable version of ourselves to the world. However, there are also dangers associated with the persona. When we become too attached to our social mask or facade, we can lose touch with our true selves. We can become so focused on presenting a certain image to the world that we lose touch with our authentic selves and our true feelings and desires. This can lead to feelings of disconnection, emptiness, and a sense of living an inauthentic life. Furthermore, when we become too attached to our persona, we can also become vulnerable to the opinions and judgments of others. We may become overly concerned with how others perceive us, and this can lead to a lack of confidence and a fear of rejection. In extreme cases, it can lead to social anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. In conclusion, the persona is actually an essential part of our personality that allows us to navigate social situations, build relationships, and communicate effectively with others. However, we must also be aware of the dangers of becoming too attached to our social mask. When we lose touch with our true selves, we can become vulnerable to feelings of disconnection and a sense of living an inauthentic life. So, it is essential that we strike a balance between presenting ourselves in a socially acceptable way and staying true to our authentic selves. So actually, my next question that comes to mind is, how can we remain authentic and sincere while incorporating our Jungian persona? What does a healthy and unhealthy persona look like? This will help us better understand what we're looking at on a personal level, as well as considering this from a writer's perspective when creating authentic or inauthentic characters. So, here are some thoughts on how someone can remain authentic and sincere while incorporating their union persona, as well as what healthy and unhealthy personas might look like. Firstly, it's important to remember that the persona is not inherently good or bad. It's simply a necessary part of our psychological makeup. It's how we present ourselves to the world and it's what allows us to function in society. However, when we become too attached to our persona, as we've discussed before, and lose touch with our true selves, that's when it becomes problematic. To remain authentic and sincere while incorporating our persona, we need to be aware of our true feelings and desires. This means taking the time to reflect on our inner selves, identifying our values and priorities, and being honest with ourselves about our strengths and weaknesses. By doing this, we can ensure that our persona aligns with our true selves, 
rather than becoming a mask that we wear to hide our true feelings. In addition, it's important to be aware of the impact that our persona has on others. We need to be mindful of how we present ourselves to others and ensure that we are not presenting a false image that is meant to manipulate or deceive others. Being honest and authentic in our interactions with others is essential for building healthy relationships based on trust and mutual respect. So now let's take a closer look at what healthy and unhealthy personas might actually look like. A healthy persona is one that aligns with our true selves and is presented in a genuine and authentic way. It allows us to interact with others in a socially acceptable way while still remaining true to our values and priorities. A healthy persona is one that is flexible and adaptable, able to change and grow as we do. An unhealthy persona, on the other hand, is one that is rigid and inflexible, masking our true selves and limiting our ability to connect with others in a meaningful way. It can lead to feelings of disconnection, emptiness, and a sense of living an inauthentic life. An unhealthy persona is one that is overly concerned with how others perceive us, leading to a lack of confidence and a fear of rejection. So to summarize, a healthy persona is one that allows us to interact with others in a genuine and authentic way, while an unhealthy persona is one that masks our true selves and limits our ability to connect with others. By remaining aware of our true selves and being mindful of how we present ourselves to others, we can ensure that our persona is a healthy and constructive part of our psychological makeup. And now, incorporating the Jungian archetype of the persona into horror writing can be an effective way to create compelling characters that add depth to the story. Here are several techniques, nine in fact, that we as writers can use to incorporate the persona into our storycraft. They are, one, create characters with conflicting personas. Two, use the persona as a tool of deception. Three, explore the dangers of losing touch with one's true self. Four, use the persona as a mask for the supernatural. Five, use the persona as a mask. Six, use the persona to explore identity. Seven, Create conflicts between the persona and the shadow. 8. Use the persona to explore themes of social conformity. And finally, 9. Create characters with multiple personas. Number 1. Create characters with conflicting personas. By creating characters with conflicting personas, writers can explore the tension between a character's public image and their true self. This tension can be a source of horror, as characters struggle to maintain their social mask while dealing with the terrifying events of the story. For example, a character who presents themselves as calm and collected on the outside but is actually deeply anxious and fearful on the inside could make for an interesting and complex character in a horror story. 2. Use the persona as a tool of deception. The persona is all about presenting a public image that may not necessarily reflect a character's true self. In horror writing, this can be used as a tool of deception to create suspense and surprise. For example, a seemingly friendly and trustworthy character could turn out to be the villain, revealing their true, darker self as the story progresses. 3. Explore the dangers of losing touch with one's true self. In horror writing, 
losing touch with one's true self can be a source of terror itself. Writers can explore this theme by creating characters who become so attached to their persona that they lose touch with their true selves, leading to a sense of disconnection and emptiness. This could be a powerful theme in a story where characters are forced to confront their deepest fears and desires. 4. Use the persona as a mask for the supernatural. The persona can also be used as a metaphorical mask for the supernatural in horror writing. For example, a character could be possessed by a malevolent spirit that takes over their social mask, presenting a false image to the world while using the character's body to carry out its nefarious deeds. 5. Use the persona as a mask. One way to incorporate the persona in horror writing is to use it as a mask that characters wear to hide their true selves. This can create a sense of unease and uncertainty, as readers are forced to question the true motives and intentions of the characters. 6. Use the persona to explore identity. Horror stories can be a great vehicle for exploring questions of identity and self-discovery. By using the persona as a way to explore a character's inner struggles and conflicts, writers can create compelling multi-dimensional characters that readers can relate to on a personal level. 7. Create conflicts between the persona and the shadow. The persona and the shadow are two of Jung's most important archetypes, and they can be used effectively in horror writing to create conflicts between the characters. By pitting a character's persona against their shadow, the darker, more hidden aspect of their personality, writers can create tension and conflict that can drive the narrative forward. 8. Use the persona to explore themes of social conformity. Horror stories can be a great way to explore themes of social conformity and the pressure to conform to societal norms. By using the persona as a way to explore the ways in which characters are forced to conform to social expectations, writers can create stories that are both terrifying and thought-provoking. And finally, number nine, create characters with multiple personas. Another way to incorporate the persona in horror writing is to create characters with multiple personas. This can create a sense of ambiguity and uncertainty, as readers are forced to question which persona is the real one. It can also create opportunities for plot twists and unexpected revelations. In summary, incorporating the persona in horror writing can add depth and complexity to characters, while also creating tension and conflict that can drive our narratives forward. By using the persona to explore themes of identity, social conformity, and the conflict between light and shadow, we as writers can create stories that are both terrifying and thought-provoking. This wraps up our discussion of this episode on Nightfall Narratives regarding the persona. Thank you for being with us here. See you next time. This is your Nightfall narrator, R. Douglas Patton. Signing off. As the shadows lengthen and the night falls, we come to the end of another episode of Nightfall Narratives. We hope you found our exploration of dark and mysterious storytelling and the art of writing thought-provoking and haunting. Remember, the stories we tell have the power to both chill us to the bone and inspire us to create our own. Join us again for our next episode, and until then, keep your eyes open and your mind curious, for anything is possible. <laughs>